I V M. Hello everyone and welcome to Triangle of Fans. It's the off season in the NBA, but the NBA restart date has been announced. The draft date is soon approaching. The free agency is soon approaching, and we are here with a bunch of rumors. The trade mills are running. The media is going bonkers. Players wants to move. Players want to move. They are approaching teams themselves nowadays. You'll hear a lot about it today. And I'm Munish. I have Nishant here with me. And as we look to dig down, drill deep, and find a little more sense in these analysis and these rumors, and try to make sense out of it. On today's episode, we have a few interesting rumors that has been going around in the last 24 hours, or maybe longer than that. Victor Oladipo has been uh, seen approaching teams to hire him. That's good. that's that's a fun element. Who I thought teams scouted for players, but here the player is going and scouting for teams. Russell Westbrook has made it known that he is he's looking to move out of Houston Rockets, if I can put it nicely. And then the Lakers are finally. Interested in someone? That's a rumor that's out. They're uh, interested in Demar Derozan. Let's see how that goes. It's going to be a fun talk. Stay tuned in. Hey Nishant, what's up? Lot of rumors going around as we approach the free agency date. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. I turn on Instagram. I go to that search button, the search and discover thing. Uh, I I watch a lot of. Short NBA clips and so on. So both my personal account and the Triangle Offense account that we're both logged into. Both of them mm-hmm. is just a flood of NBA stuff. So this, uh, uh, so now every second post is a rumor because it's that time of the year, right? I just scroll through. I saw Lakers, uh, Lakers jersey photoshopped onto Serge Ibaka. Now somebody's obviously okay. done it, and and the second slide and who the hell knows if this is even true, but this is how this whole thing works. Is uh, Ibaka apparently followed the Lakers Instagram or Twitter or whatever for a few seconds and then unfollowed very quickly and he's really hell bent on moving to the Lakers. And if I keep scrolling, there'll be a bunch of other clubs. Same story about Ibaka. Same story about a bunch of other players. So it's the greatest pastime activity in the world. Football fans will know only too well, but but I think now basketball fans and and those that are tuning into the NBA are fresh. They'll they'll start to get a feel of this too. Exactly. Yeah. The new rumors today—it's uh, probably not new because this happened sometime during the last season. Victor Oladipo—he's uh, kind of made it clear that he wants to look out for a new team and move out of Indiana. He's apparently approached—not uh, approached by during the game against the Raptors, against Miami Heat, against New York Knicks. He apparently told the teams, "Can I play with you?" <laughs> In front of his own teammates, what's going on there? I've heard of teams coming and scouting for players. Here is a player going and scouting for teams. Not really a. Uh, not really a foolish thing to do if he gets scouted by one of them and gets picked up by one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the next frontier. Human beings have always been about what's next and the next step. Like we invented fire, then we invented the wheel, then we put a man on the moon. Blah blah blah. Uh, we've had clubs and franchises scouting players. We've then had players scouting players. LeBron and his famous GM antics and trying to recruit people, and then a bunch of guys, bunch of guys started doing it. And now you have players uh, scouting clubs. It's only organic. It's the next step in the in the evolution. Uh, very uh, interestingly shameless from Mr. Victor Oladipo to do it while a match is going on and, and talk to clubs. But I, I don't know what it is about this guy. I just find him really funny. He's a great player. I don't know why I find him funny, but I do. I think it's one of those. You know how T.J. Warren had a breakout bubble season, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And he he turned into the into Michael Jordan basically in the bubble, and then it everything became personal with him, and and that's about it. We've really not seen anything after that, so we don't know if that's going to sustain or if it's going to crash out. With Oladipo, he had that like three years ago, maybe four years ago. I don't quite remember now. 
2017, sometime around then. Um, also, I think the only time he averaged more than 20 uh, a game for a season. Uh, also, the mm-hmm. only time I think that he had any like half decent three shooting numbers. Anyway, point being, I had a breakout couple of months, not even a season. That inflated his entire season's tally. And, and he was phenomenal in those two months. Almost to the level that we would expect um, Damien Lillard to play at on a hot streak. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. that good, really. But then injuries, inconsistency, he's missed a bunch of games. And even aside all of that, we've not seen that consistently from him. And the hallmark of a superstar is to play at a very, very high level consistently. So there's been a bunch of players that have had hot streaks. But uh, Steph Curry is a Steph Curry because he's been doing this for eight years now. And yeah. the same goes for any anyone, Kawhi, LeBron, Durant, any one of these guys. We've not really seen that from him. And I've said this before, I, I have a feeling Oladipo thinks of himself as like an elite Supermax contract, MVP caliber mm-hmm. player. He's not. At least if he is, we've not seen much of that consistently. Yeah. So, and I, it's comical that he's shopping himself around like this. <laughs> where, where in fact, while Indiana might want him out, he's probably best set at Indiana. So, it, it's sad to see him do this. It's, well, I guess if it works out, it's all good. What does it leave? I mean, does he have value actually? Does Indiana find value in him by trading him out? Uh, do they find... Will they find good replacements for him as a swap option? Would they find, uh, would you think they'll, I mean, a few years ago, they had this decision with Paul George, right? And they traded him out and they got a bunch of players. They got an uh, Sabonis who worked out well for them. Uh, they got an Oladipo himself who actually did work out well for them. But the last two years, uh, they made the playoffs, got swept in the first round of the playoffs. First by the Celtics and then by the Heat this year. Uh, they find themselves with a bunch of uh, good players. They have the likes of Malcolm Brogdon. They have TJ Warren himself, who's kind of breaking out, you could call it. They have Miles Turner and they have Sabonis himself. So uh, that's a bu- good bunch of uh, players, a good bunch of four players, you could say. And they have an option, you could say, that trade out Oladipo, get a good player in and kind of try to reach the next level, which is probably the second round of the playoffs or even maybe the conference finals. Right? Do do they find value in Oladipo or am I just rating him too highly? Uh, do, does any team value him highly? It's not very clear yet, but I think there will be. There will be a couple of teams that value him and, and this will be a bad decision for whoever does value him that high. But I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense for Indiana. Because right mm-hmm. now they've got this, uh, he's the highest paid player on the team. And it's not it's not at the level that a lot of other teams play their, pay their highest player, but he makes upwards of 20 million. And apart from Brogdon, there's nobody else making that kind of money. Turner comes comes close, kind of, and Sabonis, but not really. So, highest salary on the team, very inconsistent, fitness issues. Of course, there's incentive in getting him out. And he's a two-guard in the modern game that doesn't shoot the three very well. And as a result, doesn't attempt the three very much. That's a problem. Now, is that going to be a problem for, for teams receiving this guy? I don't know. I think there's still scope in the in the league for teams willing to experiment. Mm-hmm. If Dan Tony can find value in Westbrook, I think the league has some hope. So, um, they've got a really... It's going to be tough though, because uh, like we've said multiple times in the past, the league is kind of loaded in the backcourt department. Most teams have deficiencies at the wing position or they're looking for a stretch big that can plug a hole or a stretch big that can actually defend versus their their current stretch big that can't. Backcourt deficiencies are few and far between. There are some big ones. You can talk about Milwaukee. Big backcourt deficiency. They have a backcourt, but it's not quite working for them. 
Mm-hmm. So do they bolster it? Do they swap out someone? That's basically what it's all, uh, all going to go down to. It's going to be tough to get value for Oladipo, but if I were Indiana, I'd trade him. He's clearly not happy and, and you don't have anything to be over the moon about with him. And you've got a good thing going. You've got Brogdon, you've got uh, even their younger, well, they're not that young, but but their up-and-coming crew of of people that seem to have found their feet, Jeremy Lamb, Doug McDermott. I think it's a good mm-hmm. system that they have going there. They have one of the Holiday brothers, and I love the Holiday brothers. They've got Sabonis, who's really coming into his own as an all-star, and he's so young, and he's got so much more development ahead of him, I'm sure. And and in Miles Turner, they have another confusing prospect. Him and Sabonis together don't quite work. They're roughly the same age. They get paid more or less the same amount. But it's going to be tough to to make both of them work. And if they had to pick one, they'd pick Sabonis. So he's out. And and I think in that process, I think Oladipo should move as well. They, they, I'm sure they'll find some value. There'll be teams like the Knicks and, uh, well, the Knicks that, that need somebody <laughs> like an Oladipo. They, they, it's just about anyone who's willing to Well, that was one of play. the teams that Oladipo scouted. Yeah. So yeah. it would work out well for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Either them or like by a long shot. The, the teams are not bad, by the way. He he reached out to who? New York Knicks, Toronto Raptors and? Miami Heat. Oh, wow. Okay. The Heat thing is not going to work out. They, they'll be fools if they make this work. At 20 million, really, already, po, not, not going to happen. And Knicks and Raptors. Raptors, if they let Fred Van Fleet go, they're going to be pretty desperate for a, for mm-hmm. a star player in the backcourt. So, maybe that's a, a, an outside chance. Uh, New York has no one in any position that's worth anything, including the owner. So, they've got plenty of vacancies to fill. <laughs> Okay, uh, that'll be an interesting story that will keep uh, coming up now and then, I believe, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think the more interesting rumor today was uh, Neymar DeRozan. He was uh, apparently yeah. linked to the Lakers for Danny Green and Kyle Kozma. Uh, if I had to put it in a way, Neymar DeRozan doesn't shoot the three at all. And Danny Green and Kyle Kozma shoot the three a lot. Whether they make it or not is a different story, but they shoot the three a lot. So, uh, how would this work out for the Lakers? Is that a good trade in your... What do you think? Yeah, I love it. Because the only glaring negative with DeMar DeRozan is that he doesn't shoot the three very well. Almost not at all. Like he, he's not going to attempt more than two in a game ever. Uh, so, if, when you've got that kind of a player, do you really want him in? But my question is... Okay, DeRozan doesn't shoot the three. Neither does Danny Green, apparently, to the point where he's getting death threats. Danny Green's clearly not the player that he was. And there's no point keeping him around, hoping that he'll again turn into that three shooting. He's not. I think I think he's he's past his prime. Right? It's sad to say it, but it is. So then he is out. Kyle Kuzma, I think we're done now. Uh, you know, as analysts, as viewers, I think we should all be done hoping that we'll see this guy turn into something special. Or maybe it's going to take a smaller team to to unlock that potential and give him the ball. Because what he's found really difficult this season, and I think what it is, is he's now a part of the rotation versus mm-hmm. last season where he played a bunch of games as a starter. And he got the ball a lot because of injuries. LeBron was out, uh, Lonzo was injured, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So he got the ball a lot. And he made the most of it. He had some 30-point games and all that. This season, he had to make a transition. A, he had to play defense, which eventually he learned to do. And that was, that was good to see. Crashed the boards a bit. But on offense, he struggled because he was required to do a lot more off the ball. He was required to make more of less opportunities and be more efficient as a scorer. Smart about decision making. Clearly not a strong suit. It's a bit of a hit and miss with him. There's, there's some talent there, but, but he's not really that caliber a player. 
So that makes both of these guys expendable. And if you can get a player like DeRozan in exchange, that's phenomenal. This is a um, this guy's played uh, what now eight, twelve, ten years, twelve years, something like that in in the league, and he's yeah. a career twenty pointer per game. That's incredible. Uh, the Lakers for the Lakers to add another twenty pointer to to the setup, that's priceless. And this is a Mind you, this is a guy that has led a team's offense. He's been the star player on on at least one team, if not mm-hmm. counting San Antonio, Toronto for sure. And he's led them to conference finals. He's led them to deep playoff runs. If not for LeBron, they would have probably gone to at least one uh, East, uh, NBA finals out of the East. So this is a player that can get his own shot. This is a player that can create. This is a player that can cause trouble with his movement, and mm-hmm. he can defend. I'm sold. I, I'd love to see. I'm a big DeRozan fan. Also, because I'm a big mid-range game fan, I love DeRozan. He's, he's actually an underrated defender. He's really, really good at that. I think he's had uh, six seasons now, seven seasons in a row that he's averaged at least to steal a game. And that's hard to get, that level of consistency. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not past his, he's not past his prime. Playing in that San, San Antonio Spurs team, which did not even make the playoffs, he averaged 22 points, uh, 5.6 rebounds and 5.5 assists. Yeah. So, and that is playing with Lamarcus Aldridge. And now it'll... It'll be a, quite an upgrade with Anthony Davis playing that position. So, I think there's value in that trade. Uh, but what would the Spurs gain out of it? Uh, Kyle Kuzma, Danny Green, is that something that they would be willing to take? Or uh, would they demand more? Or would they even be interested in this? Uh, let's start off with they save some salary space. Because I don't think okay. DeRozan's coming any cheap to them. Mm-hmm. A veteran like that, he, he's on a good contract. So, they save some salary cap. And uh, Spurs are going nowhere in a hurry right now. With an aging DeRozan, with an aging LaMarcus Aldridge, they're really going nowhere. That team in itself is not good enough. They don't have any great assets to trade out. And even if they do, why would they trade? Because they're not like one or two moves away from a chip contender. So they'll rebuild. They'll go into the draft. They'll groom some talent. They'll rebuild. And they just lost Tim Duncan too, who who resigned. Yep. So they're going to go into a deep rebuild phase. It's going to take a few seasons before they bounce back. So it makes sense to offload some salary, create some cap space, maybe make a run in free agency next year because it is an attractive destination. Uh, and make a make a run in, in free agency and then uh, work with the draft. So you've got cap space, you've got hopefully some tradable assets and then you can make moves for uh, either a superstar or you can bring in a superstar in free agency and, and make moves for a squad to put around him. It makes absolute sense for them to, to move out because DeRozan adds value, but he's old and he comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. They're looking to rebuild. It it just doesn't mesh. Versus the Lakers, it's already a defending champ team. They're going to they're looking to run it back. It makes sense to bring in a DeRozan even if he can give them two, three great years. So it's a win-win for both. Now, is Kuzma plus Danny Green enough value for DeRozan? For someone like me who rates DeRozan very highly, no, I think he's undervalued in that trade. Mm-hmm. But that works out for the Lakers. I think it's up to the onuses on San Antonio to, to demand more. And if they feel like this is a fair trade, fair trade. Okay. Uh, that'll be interesting. That's something that we'll keep our eyes on very closely. And I think we will be discussing this a little more as well as we get more details on that, I would say. Sure. The other interesting thing that's breaking out is the Russell Westbrook. I know we spoke about Westbrook and Harden <laughs> at length in the previous episode. But uh, new rumors coming in. Westbrook... Uh, the teams that are eyeing him, right? There are oh two teams that have been God. strongly linked with him now that he's made things yeah. public, apparently. Yeah. Is that Charlotte Hornets. I think I thought Westbrook was a big player. Why would you go to Charlotte Hornets if he was a good player? I, I think that's the only team that could afford him right now. And that is why 
that's the name that is being linked to him yeah but all the clubs were hearing is uh, this whole thing is in line with what we were discussing and it's really what anyone with any kind of common sense and knowledge of basketball would say is there really a team that wants to bring in westbrook at 40 million or whatever he's making per year and say he's the piece we need to go get the chip there's not a single team tell me one contender that benefits from westbrook coming in where they instantly become chip contenders no one so then you are left with non chip contenders non chip contenders yeah. is filter 1 filter 2 out of them how many can really afford to fit in his salary and if they need to trade out some good exciting assets do you really want to do it for a 32 year old westbrook a player yeah. whose entire game depends so heavily on athleticism the day he is not with that raw leaping ability and speed and and physicality he is worthless he really is and i'm sorry to be that harsh but he is he doesn't shoot the three he's not a great shooter even from mid range he drives to the lane uh, a lot and and a lot of his game is dependent on his explosive athleticism the day that goes he doesn't have the skill set to still be a mm-hmm. an elite player he used to be a good basketballer great basketballer but he's not going to be that max contract elite guy that he is today not the mm-hmm. mvp player that he is today so who really would want him then and you're just left with a bunch of also runs with a lot of cap space like new york like charlotte and these are really the only teams that a can afford him and b wouldn't mind getting in a superstar because they're a small market franchise well, in new york's case it's sad i'm calling them a small market they're not they're <laughs> the largest but that's how they behave so they would benefit from just westbrook coming in and being a superstar being the draw that he is and and that's about it because there's really no team that that's going to say hey give me westbrook and i'll win the chip no one zero yeah. zero Zilch. Plus, so, all yeah. of them have the ball hoggers. All of them have the point guard yeah. position kind of fill, right? And if you look at it across the league, uh, the Warriors don't need him because they have Steph Curry. The Celtics <laughs> don't need him; they have Kemba Walker. The Nets don't need him. The Lakers don't need him. Uh, Raptors, they if they let go of Van Fleet, they need they have a position open. But would they take Westbrook? I don't think so. I think expensive. they have a lot more yeah, to look yeah, forward. He'll to. put them into. It's expensive. Yeah. They're looking yeah. forward to the free agency as well. So Miami yeah. don't need him. Yeah. If they need to spend next year, they don't need Westbrook this year. The Nuggets have Donovan Mitchell. They don't need him. Sorry, Nuggets have Jamal Murray. They don't need him. The Jazz have yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell. They don't need him. So uh, pretty much all the teams we, all the big teams that we can think of, are done over there. Yeah, again, so, it's it's a backcourt player that doesn't shoot the three. It's the same problem all over again. What are you going to do with this guy? The league just isn't thinking in that direction. And Toronto yeah. can take him, sure. Miami can take him, sure. But Toronto, I think he'll put them over the luxury tax. Miami I don't know where they stand on luxury tax but we, in both cases if you bring him in you're basically saying bye bye to Giannis whenever Giannis yeah. becomes available yeah. and nobody wants to do that right now a 25 year old greek freak versus a 32 year old westbrook who are you picking so now yeah. there's really no one that can realistically have a go except atlanta charlotte new york maybe a couple of other teams that fit into that mold can readily get him the rest mm-hmm. will have to clear out cap space which means they have to give up either uh, trade assets or draft picks which again would in my opinion be a very dumb move if this was at least a season with fans a small market team could say okay we'll bring in westbrook we'll fill out arenas and we'll have fun but that's not going to happen this season regardless of who you bring you could bring jordan back and there's nobody in the arenas so so really it doesn't make sense i think charlotte is the only one that remotely makes sense like if he goes to new york fine i mean anyone can go to new york cuz who cares but if he goes to charlotte 
makes a little bit of sense because I think they have a young dynamic team that can work around Westbrook and they have enough shooters that they can compensate for his inability to shoot. And he does really well in that kind of a setup. When it's mm-hmm. a case of you get a lot of the ball and you can drive to the basket and you can kick it out and create plays for others, he's excellent at that, Westbrook. So in, in a setup with a bunch of young guys, a lot of whom are, are great shooters, uh, you give Westbrook the ball and you're ready to make him your alpha, I think you've got a good thing going. But because for that's that, his, yeah. But for that, the Rockets would demand a bunch of these young guys in return, right? Correct. So who would Westbrook be left with? I mean, I'm sure if uh, if the Rockets were to agree to this deal, they would probably have one eye on the third draft pick that the uh, Charlotte Hornets currently own. They would yeah. definitely look at one of their so-called bigger players, which is uh, either a Terry Rozier for the experience he brings in, either PJ Washington or Devontae Graham or one of them, right? So... Is, does that really make sense for Charlotte now then? Uh, yeah, actually, because I I recently bogged, and by recently I mean a couple of minutes ago when the level of research we do on the show, uh, I looked at Charlotte's contracts and their payroll just for a quick <laughs> recap, and they're paying Nick Batum twenty five point five million this year. No, this season I think it's twenty seven million. I'm sorry, last season mm-hmm. was twenty five. So Nick Batum this season. Nick Batum, I'll say that again, this season is getting what Anthony Davis got last season. Uh, why? That's there, that right there, there's a ready-made contract that they would be more than happy to move out. Uh, Batum for Westbrook, I take that trade. I take that trade if Westbrook's playing one-handed. So <laughs> uh, I'm sure they can find a way to make this work. It'll be really dumb if they give up their third pick in the draft. I think they should mm-hmm. keep that pick. A- anything else is fine. If they can keep that pick, if they can keep Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier and not break that up and find a way to fit in Westbrook into that lineup, I think that'll be fun to watch. I think that'll be a really fun team to watch. How about, uh, uh, as I think about it, how about the Clippers? They don't have a great point guard. So Westbrook's position is kind of open for him. And they have they have the squad depth that they can trade to the Rockets because the Rockets do not have any draft pick for next few years or half a decade. Uh, they can trade out all the extra guys they want for Westbrook. I, I think Rockets would be happy with that to get this depth in the team. Uh, how do you think that would work out? And it, there'll be a big, there'll be the three superstars and Clippers. Uh, one more piece added to take yeah. on the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. It, it first of all, it works out great for the for the Rockets if they can get just any trade value for for Westbrook and move him out. It works out great because nobody is happy right now with Westbrook and the Rockets. Nobody's happy. Not Harden, not the Rockets, not Westbrook. Nobody's happy. So they've got to trade him. Might as well get some good pieces in return. I think they can, can only get, some get interesting... good pieces because both these teams have given away the draft picks for the next foreseeable yeah. future. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So for Clippers now, but who do you give away really to make that Westbrook trade happen? Mm-hmm. They've got a bunch of players that they need to re-sign in the first place from free agency. Yeah. And the players that they've got, their whole thing is squad depth. If they give away players in exchange for Westbrook, I'm not convinced Westbrook puts them over the line. Mm-hmm. Like if it's who's the biggest rivals immediately, the Lakers, right? But and, right. and we talk Golden State is coming, of course. So you look at the Lakers, if they bring in DeRozan, LeBron, DeRozan, and AD, I don't think Kawhi, PG, and Westbrook are going to take them. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's going to be a size issue again. Because Westbrook is not the largest guy. And then now they have 
Let me keep Kawhi. I think Kawhi has got enough bashing. Let's talk about only Paul George and Westbrook. You basically have uh, OKC again in a different city. Yep. I, I can't wait for Kawhi. Yeah, whatever. They can't wait for Lillard to hit a dagger and wave them goodbye <laughs> again. It, it's a disaster in the postseason. You're going to add one more player that has suspect decision making in the clutch, that's hit and miss in the playoffs. Like he'll have great numbers overall, but with games on the line, and I'm not talking about just taking that big shot. I'm talking about overall decision making. I'm talking about turnovers. I'm talking about um, mm-hmm. when to shoot, what what kind of shot to make. Do you pass the ball? Do you what kind of stuff do you do off the ball? Westbrook is suspect. I I'd be the happiest guy in the world if the Clippers add Westbrook because <laughs> I know they'll have to give up a bunch of players to to bring him in, and I don't think he adds anything to them that they really need. He doesn't shoot mm-hmm. the three. He's going to drive to the paint a lot. That really doesn't fit into their style of play. Um, and and their biggest problem is right now they need leadership. They just need a floor general. They need somebody who's going to be vocal, hold guys accountable. Kawhi is not that guy. Kawhi mm-hmm. will come in. He'll do his best, almost with robotic efficiency. But he's not that guy that's going to hold everyone else accountable. And they need someone like that, like a Rondo, like a Chris Paul, not a Westbrook. And and Westbrook, by the way, Westbrook has a history. of never being happy when he is playing second fiddle he has to be numero uno he has to be the alpha he has to have most of the ball he is a ball hog that's exactly what drove kevin durant out of okc he couldn't stand playing with this guy that's exactly uh, what made paul george and westbrook not work in the playoffs mm-hmm. and that's exactly why he is now reportedly on unhappy with this Houston situation because James Harden is numero uno the fuck did he think it was going to be when when i mean it's not like that team gave away James Harden sat with Chris Paul and said hey we need a superstar to come no they 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 moved Chris Paul out they have their superstar their franchise player the mvp you're coming in both ball hogs both take hours and hours before they get a shot off how were they going to ever ever make that work so if he goes to the clippers explain to me how that works are you going to take the ball out of kawai's hands you can cuz he's load managing half the time are you going to take the ball out of pg's hands cuz this guy's going to need a lot of the ball and then mm-hmm. if he has an off day god help you right so i just don't see how it works for the clippers i think if westbrook goes he should go to i think he's done first of all with that attitude i don't think he's winning a chip ever because at this stage he's got to go plug into a working system if he has a shot at winning a chip it's too late to start building a chip winning team around him it can be done with this caliber of player but it's too late to do that and if he if he doesn't want to be the second superstar to any established mm-hmm. superstar there is no team that i can see that can be built between now and before he loses his value as a, as an athlete that can win the chip with westbrook as the number one superstar so he's not going to win the chip might as well go make a ton of money in a small market team be the big fish in a in a small pond and and retire all right i think this is one story that will uh, again <laughs> keep coming up and up i think that keeps giving yeah exactly i think 48 hours later or even maybe 24 hours uh, later we'll probably have a new team that are interested in westbrook and we'll try to find out why that won't work out for them because westbrook doesn't Does certainly fit in any team right now like we'll die laughing if new york finally has a backcourt of holiday bo and westbrook like i i for one will die laughing if that happens i think i think it's funnier it's, with westbrook and clippers i think clippers. he fits their mentality well i think it's it has all the recipe for a disaster so oh, i think man. that would fit in really well i really hope that goes through it'll be like two reality shows in the nba the west coast will basically have the real houses of la clippers and uh, uh, or house husbands in this case 
and the east will basically have uh, snakes on a plane with the brooklyn nets it's just going to be a lot of fun absolutely and we'll keep a close eye on that uh, but with that i think uh, we come to the end of today's show uh, it was absolute fun to discuss best book i think it always will be <laughs> with him but uh, until then uh, until the next time see you soon all right see you soon